Sorry, that, that got everybody all disjointed there. Those people think Michael Jackson's dead. It's not true. Just the last treatment he had, they gave him a double dose and he went invisible. He just he, he, he kept getting lighter and lighter. <laughs> He's still around. You just can't see him anymore. Amen. All right, well, that threw everything all off. Uh, let's start in Isaiah chapter number 9 this morning. Isaiah chapter number 9. We have been studying since last August the names and titles the Bible gives to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It would be really sad this evening to bring this study to a close. I hope you have enjoyed it. I certainly have enjoyed it. It's been a blessing to my heart. If, you, if you've missed a service or two since August, we have seen that Jesus Christ is Adam the Last, Advocate, Almighty, Alpha and Omega, the Amen, the Ancient of Days, the Apostle, the Arm of the Lord, the Author. He's the Balm of Gilead, the Beginning, the Beloved Son, the Brightness, the Branch, the Bread of God, the Bread of Life. The breaker, the bridegroom, the bright and morning star. He's also the day star and the day spring and the morning star. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the chief shepherd. He's the chiefest among ten thousand. He's the chosen of God, the Christ, counselor, daysman, deliverer, desire of all nations. He's the door of the elect. They called his name Emmanuel. He's the end. He's the everlasting Father. He's the express image of God. He's the first. He's the first fruits. He's the forgiver. He's faithful and true. He's the foundation and the fullness. He's the glorious Lord. He's God. He's the good master. He's the governor. The great high priest. The greater than. Jesus Christ is the head. He's the heir. He's the highest. He's the holy one. He called himself I am. He's Jesus. He's Jesus Christ. He's Jah. He's Jehovah. He's the Jew. He's the judge. He's just. The Bible calls him King of the Jews, King of Saints, King of Righteousness, King of Peace, King of Israel, King of Kings. He's the ladder to heaven. He's the Lamb of God. He's the last, the lily, the life, the light. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Lord. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the dead. He's the Lord of the living. He's the Lord of lords. He's Lord and Savior. He's the Lord of glory. The Bible calls Him the lofty one. Majesty, maker, man, master, mediator, Messiah, the mighty God, the most holy. He's a Nazarene because of His place of residence. He's the offspring of David, Omega, potentate, priest, high priest, The Prince of Life, the Prince of Princes, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Glory, the Prince of the Kings of the Earth. He's a prophet. He's the only begotten of the Father. He's Rabbi, Rabboni, Redeemer, Rock, Stone, Cornerstone, and Headstone. He's the Root. He's the Savior. He's the Scepter. He's Shiloh, the Giver of Peace. He's the Son of God, the Son of the Most High God, the Son of the Father, the Son of the Blessed, the Son of the Highest, the Son of David, the Son of Mary, the Son of Joseph, the Beloved Son, and the Son of Man. He's the Star. He's true. He's wonderful. He's the Word. Hallelujah. All that, all that, to try and describe an indescribable person, thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. This morning the Bible says in Isaiah the ninth chapter, Isaiah chapter number 9, For unto us a child is born, I'm in the sixth verse of Isaiah 9, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Verse 7, Of the increase of his government and peace there should be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. There are words, descriptive words, that are used so often and so frequently 
that they begin to lose all meaning and all import. Your ham sandwich, you might call it awesome, it's not awesome. Your new shoes might fit well and catch the eye of people who admire shoes, but they're not awesome. And likewise, wonderful. Now, no matter how many times uh, Lawrence Welk looked at Bobby and Susie and said, wonderful, 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 it was only wonderful to a certain small segment of the population who were into that kind of thing. Uh, Wonderful is a word that describes that which is full of wonder. There are very few things that you can observe in this life, very few things you'll ever see or behold in this life that will so overwhelm your mind and your emotions and your intellect and your feelings and your very being inside and out as to cause you to wonder. I have no words to to express this. I have have no thoughts to comprehend this. I have no, no feelings to enjoy this when you behold the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is the apt and fit place for the word wonderful. He is so overwhelming to our senses that his very name with a capital W is wonderful. He is so beyond our comprehension that his very name with a capital W is wonderful. He is so above and beyond what we could feel in our heart and and feel with our emotions that his very name is wonderful with a capital W. Who feeds every beast of the field and every fish of the sea every morning and every evening? That's our God. You can study zoology and you can study oceanography and you can study the the, the intricacies of the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom and and the oceans and the skies and yet there is one who ordained it all, who created it all, who ordered it all, who sustains it all, who balances it all, who preserves it all. With wonder we behold His creation. Then you look at these little babies that are born and you watch as people in their advanced age inch closer and closer to the grave and you marvel at the very life that you're looking at. The fingers and the toes and the breathing apparatus and the, and the ability to hear and to speak and formulate thoughts and digest food and all of these things. And, and you look with wonder and you say, where is science compared to these marvels. And, and, and we can study it, but we can't make it. And we can try to repair it, but we can't heal it. And, and we can enjoy its life, but we can't give it life or preserve its life. And we behold the Lord Jesus Christ with wonder. And then as we look at the religions of this world with their shrines and their monasteries and their temples and their ceremonies and and the packed millions uh, flocking to the Vatican for this declaration or that. And, And we behold their gold and their silver and their altars and their shrines and their incense and their sacrifices. And, and we look upon that and we say, can any of you take away my sins? Can any of you give me a pardon from God Almighty? Can any of you give me everlasting life as a free gift of a loving and a gracious and a holy God? And all of them fall silent. Then we behold with wonder the Lamb of God offering the sinless blood on the cross at Calvary and bearing all our sins in His sinless body on an old rugged cross. And then we look as as death loses its grip and we look as the fear of death loses its hold as Jesus Christ the Lord walks out of that grave alive. And we behold with wonder... How that men and women and boys and girls by the millions have by simple faith trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and received a full and free pardon of all their sins, past, present, and future from a God powerful enough and mighty enough to either destroy their souls in hell or forgive them for eternity. And God says on the merits of my Son, I will save you by my grace. Wonderful is His name. With a capital W. I'm telling you, search the Word of God for all the days of your life. And you'll come no closer to comprehending this one than you were when you started. If you if you sing His praise for a million years, you'll come no closer to giving Him the honor that is due Him than you did when you started. If you to serve Him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind for time and for eternity, you couldn't begin to repay Him one ounce of what is due. 
He's wonderful. He's wonderful. I'm telling you, the more you think about Jesus, the more it, it boggles your mind. And the more you devote your heart to Him, the more you wish you, you find that I just don't have enough love and I don't have enough joy and I don't have enough gratitude to give to Him. He fills the heart with wonder. He fills the mind with wonder. He overwhelms our very being with the wonder of who He is, and the wonder of what He's done, and the wonder of His, of His, uh, His grace toward us. That's the amazing thing. Is it one like this? I tell you, it's just incredible. Just incredible that He would even look our direction. Now, we're going to consider this morning four things the Bible says that are wonderful about our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the book of Psalms and Psalm number 40. Psalm number 40. He is wonderful. I have observed as my life goes rolling by, rapidly rolling by, Speedily rolling by. I've observed man's incredible ability to get used to anything. For, For everything to become normal. I'm telling you, the, the, the greatest song you ever heard, you're tired of it in three or four months. You've got to have a new number one favorite song hit record because no matter how great that's, that's the best song I ever heard. I'm never going to hear a better song. I'm going to love that song all my life. You're sick of it. You won't want to hear it again until 40 years from now they're selling it at 1 o'clock in the morning on TV on a collection of your favorite songs from back when you could dance to them. That's right. Those days are gone. And then you say, well, oh, they say, oh, that's my favorite meal. What's your favorite meal? The, uh, I'd like to fix you your favorite meal for your birthday. Yeah, but if you had it the day after your birthday and the day after that and the day after that and every day for 27 days, it wouldn't be your favorite meal anymore. You'd get sick of it. That's just how life is. I'm telling you. But the Lord Jesus Christ, you can get saved today. And 50 years from now, you can't wait to get to church and hear about Him. And 50 years from now, you can't wait to hear somebody sing another song about Him. And 50 years from now, you can't wait to say another prayer and talk to Him. And 50 years from now, you can't wait to tell somebody else about Him. He is the one thing in this world that continually and forever can and will fill you with wonder because you can't get to the depths and the height and the breadth and the width of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's just—he's beyond all that. I read this this POW literature and these this uh, literature about the martyrs and the people who have suffered for the Lord. And I'm telling you right now, those those people—they they throw them in these concentration camps and throw them in these prison camps, and for weeks. They can't eat because the, what the garbage that is put in front of them is so revolting and, and so, so offensive that they don't even want to look at it. And then after they've been there six months or a year, they are thrilled when a bug flies in the window and lands on the floor and they can catch it and savor it and make a meal out of it. I'm telling you, you can get, you can get used to hardship. You can get used to blessing. You can get used to the good life. You can get used to the bad life. Man has an ability to adapt and turn everything into boredom. And turn everything into a routine. And then Jesus steps on the scene. And He turns everything into into life and joy and excitement and blessing. And He just he makes everything that was ordinary wonderful. And He makes everything that was routine wonderful. He turns a marriage into a wonderful marriage. He turns a home into a wonderful home. He turns a career into a wonderful career. He turns life into a wonderful life. Without Him, you'd be as bored as that world out there. And with Him, every day, every day with Jesus, sweeter than the day before. The Bible says in Psalm number Psalm number 40, the Bible says in verse number uh, five, many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. He said, He said, Lord, your your wonderful works. I couldn't tell them. And you couldn't. Just just suppose 
this morning, you said, you know what, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to find out everything there is to know about trees. It'd take your whole life. I'm going to find out everything there is to know about canines. It'd take your whole life. I'm going to find out everything there is to know about, about cooking food. It'd take your, you just pick one thing. It would absorb your entire life. And there are millions and millions and millions and millions of other things you'd never even take one look at. All of them made by God Almighty. All of them held together and ordered by God Almighty. But he said, you know what? Forget that. I'm just going to look at myself. And I'm going to try and behold what you do for me, O God, in the course of a day. In one day. And he said, I can't think fast enough to think of what you do for me. And I couldn't speak fast enough to thank you for what you do for me. Isn't that amazing? Why, why just what's going on right now in, in your mind, all of these, they, they say, well, you know, it's just electronic, electrical impulse and this and that. Look, I don't care what you call it. But there are millions and millions and millions of little things taking place in your brain right now. You are hearing, you are comprehending, you are seeing, you are smelling, you are nodding, you are figuring out a way to fight off nodding and going to sleep. You are evaluating whether or not you like or don't like, you're planning lunch. You're, listen, all that going on in your mind at one time without you putting any effort into it whatsoever. It's just happening. What a gift from God. You don't believe that. Deal with somebody you love and care for with, with, the, with the mind beginning to go and the, and the thoughts begin to slip away. And I tell you, look, if you tried to think, you couldn't think. If you tried to recall, you couldn't recall. If you tried to learn, you couldn't learn. If God, if God didn't put that brain in your head and make it work, you wouldn't have a thought in your mind. Thank the Lord. Then this old body right now, right now the blood's flowing and the heart's pumping and the liver's doing this and the kidneys are doing that and the spleen's doing something else and the, and the spinal column's doing all these other things and you don't even think about that till something quits working. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh yeah, I've got one of those. What does it do? Isn't that right? You, 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 you walk in, you walk in, you didn't think about walking. And you sat down, you didn't think about sitting down. And Brother Smith, he's about to have, have his, have his hip redone. And, and I tell you what, for a while, you know what's going to happen? He's going to think about things he's never thought about before. When Brother Gugelberg went through the cancer treatment, and you, all of a sudden you've got to think about things you never thought about before. Do you realize this morning, if you just had to declare to God your thanksgiving for what He's doing for you mentally and physically, you couldn't name it, you couldn't talk fast enough, you couldn't think fast enough to even, even begin to understand what God is doing for you, much less show your appreciation. And he does it free of charge, round the clock, every single day, from the time you're born to the time you die. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So bless him. And that's not even the spiritual part. Do you know he saved me, he keeps me, he cheers me, he guides me, he directs me, he convicts me, he encourages me, he protects me, he watches over me, he ministers to me. Look, I could, I could keep going like that for hours and, and, and you could read the entire book of the New Testament and say, God's doing all that for me, but He's doing all that for you every single moment of every single day. Why, in the time it takes for you to read one verse, He's doing it all. In the time it takes for you to read the next verse, He's doing it all. By the time you read three verses, He's performed every promise and every blessing and every good thing in the whole Bible for you. Over and over and over again, and you didn't have time to read it, much less understand it, much less say, thank you God for all that. Free of charge, no charge, that's what he does for you. Now, you got car trouble, and you, you call Brother Wayne. You got AC trouble, and you call Brother Scott. You hit somebody with your car, and you call Brother, Brother Chris. And you, let's, we go down through the list. You, you break something, and you, you call Brother Ross. And here's what they'll all say. I don't know if I can get to that until, I don't know if I can work you in until, because as, as skilled as men and women are in their chosen occupation, they are greatly limited. 
If they want to help, they can't always help. If they can help, they can't always help right away. If they can help right away, they might start on their way to help and then a greater need might arise. They have to say, I'm sorry, I, I gotta, I gotta wait and help you until I help this one. But here's God up in heaven. Not only can He help, but you don't have to wait in line. He never says, I'll get to you when I can. He helps every one of us Every time, all the time, right on time, I'd say his works are pretty wonderful. I'd say his works are wonderful. I heard when I was just a boy, maybe everybody's told this story, I just remember it when I was a boy, this, this missionary uh, came to our church and he, he talked about a, a man that would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to pray. And the missionary asked him, he said, why do you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to pray? He said, because most people are asleep and God won't be so busy, he can pay better attention to my prayers. Now, you know, I appreciate that, but you know what he was doing? He was basing his prayer to God on his communication with everybody else. If every single person on earth tried to pray right now, it wouldn't bother God one bit. He'd hear it all, he'd sort it all out, he'd answer it all properly, and, but, but it's better than that. He's doing all that for them even though they're not praying. God got you out of bed this morning and you didn't ask Him to. God fed you this morning. You didn't ask Him for daily bread. God put clothes on your back this morning and you didn't even acknowledge it. God, listen, I'm telling you, He is wonderful in His works toward us without our gratitude, without us paying Him anything, without us doing anything for Him, without us even acknowledging His goodness. He is wonderful in His works in our direction. I tell you, just, it's just incredible. When you, when you try to, I, I don't know how you are, I try to think. Sometimes I just say, Lord, I'm not going to do anything today, but just I, as, as I go about my duties, I'm going to try and just be thankful all day and continually remember to give you thanks. I don't make it 15 minutes until my mind is off somewhere else. How about you? You say, I'm going to read the Bible. And you start reading the Bible. And I'll read about four verses. And some of that fourth verse will make me think about something one of you is doing or not doing or did do or shouldn't do. And, and my eyes are still going down the page, but my thoughts are on you. They're not on the, on the Scripture. And they're all good. They're all... And don't, don't set your minds at ease. They're all positive thoughts and wonderful thoughts. I have the utmost confidence in every one of you. But, but here's what he said. He said, Lord, you know what's wonderful about the Lord? He set His works toward us. And He set His thoughts upon us. And with everything else He's got to do, He never takes His thoughts away from us. He never redirects His works in some other direction. He didn't say, oh no, two more babies born this week. Y'all just going to have to wait. I'm, I'm on overload here. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? God set His heart on you and has never been distracted. God set His thoughts on you and has never turned them aside. They have ever been upon you. They will always be upon you. I'm telling you, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You say, I met this man, he's wonderful. I met this girl, she's wonderful. We got, well, yeah, but you don't get the Lord in that. It'll, it'll be full. The wonder will go and it'll just be full. The only thing makes life wonderful is the Lord. He is the, he, I'm just telling you, nobody else, well, I just want somebody to love me. Well, how about God? I don't want that good guts. He's the only one going to love you the way you want to be loved. I just want somebody to care for me. There's nobody going to care for you like God does. And he does. And he never stops. Just incredible. His wonderful works. Look at Psalm 119. Psalm number 119. Psalm 119, His name should be called Wonderful. Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 129, Thy testimonies are wonderful. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore doth my soul keep a couple of them. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got this Baptist version here. Thy, thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore doth my soul keep them. You know, there's, there's one person who speaks wonderful words. That's God. They really are, they really are wonderful words. There's classic literature and then there's the Bible. 
There's modern prose and poetry, and then there's the Bible. There's the deep intellectual social commentary known as rap. And, and then there's the Bible. There's round-the-clock TV talking heads giving you news. And then there's the Bible. I'm telling you, God's testimonies are wonderful. His testimonies are wonderful. He may have to report on war, but He tells you how to have peace. And He may have to report on death, but He can tell you how to have life beyond the grave. And He may have to report on sickness, but He can report on, on joy in times of trial. He may have to report on night, but He can give you a report on the day and the day dawn that follows. I'm telling you, His testimonies are wonderful. They have never, they have never had to revise one verse of the Bible because science found it to be faulty. Now, they throw out science books every two years because science found their own books to be faulty. But they've been after this book right here for 2,000 years and they never put a dent in it. Philosophers criticize the Bible and then they live and die just like the Bible said they would. And educators criticize the Bible and they act just like the Bible, just in perfect accord with the Bible. And economists say, well, we don't need to consult the Bible. We have economic theory. And then all their economic theories run right in line with the Word of God. I'm telling you, God's testimonies are wonderful. His testimonies are wonderful. You want, you want some intelligence? Get in the Bible. You want some understanding? Get in the Bible. You want knowledge? It won't embarrass you or shame you? Get in the Bible. You want to know how to earn a living? Get in the Bible. You want to know how to have friends? Get in the Bible. You want to know how to be a good citizen? Get in the Bible. You want to know how, how to have relationships? Get in the Bible. It's in this book. God's testimonies are wonderful. People line up my self-help books by drug addicts and, and uh, my testimony of how I got through rehab the fifth time and, and you can too. And hey, I want wonderful testimonies. Well, here's the biography of so-and-so. And how about the biography of God? How about the biography of the Savior and the Redeemer? God's testimonies are wonderful. Uh, you know, when this, this internet thing came out, I, I don't know if I was the last person to get internet in in. United States, but I was pretty close. I was about the last person to get a cell phone in the United States. Uh, for the last, I was pretty close. All that stuff, I just, I, I look at it and I say, okay, all you people ran out and got it, spent all that money on it, and now you're looking for an upgrade or looking for a replacement. It must not have been, been all that great. But anyway, so we get to, we, you get this internet, and, and I'm telling you the truth, after you had it for about two months, you sit down, you turn on a computer, and you just stare at it. You can't think of one thing you want to look up. Can't think of one. Well, here it is. You know the the whole knowledge of the human race right here at my fingertips, and you just where am I going to go? Well, you can go anywhere. What do you? Uh, I think I'll just read my Bible. At least what's on the Bible, know it's true. Not altered, not amended. No prejudice to it. No slant to it. No secret leak from a secret leaker who might have leaked the truth and might have just leaked some propaganda. And he might be a, a government agent or an agent provocateur or not an agent at all. He might be just some kid that was mad because he got fired. And he says, well, you know, it's on the Internet. Well, everything's on the Internet. You probably find a chimpanzee driving a hot rod on the Internet if you want to. It's not going to do you any good. Amen. I'm telling you, God's testimonies are wonderful. They're wonderful. I have never, I have never turned off my computer, having gone, you know, look up something on the internet, and I've said, man, my life's complete now. I am fulfilled. I know I'm saved because I looked something up online. But I tell you, you read this Bible, and you say, that's wonderful. That's amazing. That's incredible. I never knew that. I never saw that before. That'll change my life. That'll make me a different person right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we got sick folks this morning. We pray for sick folks. And we thought, one of the things we thought when we got the internet and is, well, this will be great. Something's wrong. You can go online and find out what's the matter. Go on and type on, type on there, pain in your left side. Well, you know, I had, when I had a pain in my left side, I found out, you know, I swallowed an acorn. I had an oak tree growing on my side. <laughs> you, you would come, you're going to come to two conclusions. You looked that stuff up. One, I have no idea what's wrong with me. And two, I'll be dead by morning. Because whatever it is, there's somebody's got just what you, there's all the symptoms and you got them. And that person, yeah, yeah, my mom got that. And in two days she was, you know, 
paralyzed from the head up and, and all that kind of stuff. Just, just, huh? It's not wonderful. Stop, stop on the way home day. At least they get a lot of coupons in the newspaper. You get a Sunday newspaper and, get, and just, just do this. Honestly. If you get a Sunday newspaper, get the coupons out of it. I want you, before you read anything, just go from page to page to page and just look at the headlines. Death, stabbing, robbery, missing, kidnapping, abducted, convicted, DUI, DWI, car wreck. Dogs beat the hogs 22 to 14. And if you're the hogs, not the dogs, even that's bad news. It's just... I'm telling you, there's not a lot of wonderful news out there. Here's some wonderful testimonies right here. But you know what the Bible says? Jesus said, search the scriptures, for they are they which testify of me. And when you've got a book telling all about a wonderful person, it's going to be a wonderful book. Now, you know what happens to Christians? They read this thing for a year or two, and then they, then they set it aside, and then they get caught up. In the world, and caught up in life, and caught up in career, and caught up in family, and they forget how good this book is. And if somebody could just convince them, start reading this Bible again, like you read it when you loved Jesus, like you read it when you were excited about being saved, you'd find out this is still a wonderful book. It's a wonderful book. You just, it's just been neglected for a while. Now, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Bible says in verse 1, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. I don't know that's a good thing. But it's a true thing. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the most parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. You know what he said? Your father may have run out on you. Your mother may have run out on you. Your spouse may have run out on you. All your friends may have turned their back on you. You can't get away from God. He is there when you get up. He is there when you sit down. He was there when you were born. He'll be there when you die. He's in front of you. He's behind you. He's above you. He's below you. What a wonderful thing it is. To have someone who loves you and cares for you and would die for you. Who will never leave you nor forsake you. So I have some bad thoughts sometimes. I'm not going to chase him off. I have some good thoughts sometimes. He likes to get right in the middle of them. I have some rotten days sometimes. He's not hiding anywhere. I have some great days sometimes. He's right there with you. Listen, right, right now, this morning, this is the truth. If you told your best friend. What went through your mind sometimes? If you told your best friend what rose up in your heart from time to time, you'd lose your best friend. It's just true. If we said this morning, said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a testimony meeting tonight so we can pray for each other. And each one is going to tell about the most horrible sin in their life that they struggle with. Nobody would ever come back. And you know something? God. He knows everything there is to know about you. He says, I'm not leaving. You can't get rid of me. I love you with an everlasting love. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even on the end of the world. You may as well just enjoy my company and enjoy my fellowship because I'm not going anywhere. What a wonderful, wonderful thing it is to know. That God has that great a delight in having fellowship, having relationship with us. Sometimes we go days, don't even acknowledge His presence, don't even talk to Him. He's right there. Right there. Never leave. Never forsake. The Bible says, look at verse 13. 
Thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance is not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book are all my members were written, which in the in countenance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! Now, here's what he said. That's not a fetus in a womb. That's a child. So that was me in there. And it was God who formed me. And it was God who fashioned me. It was God who put me together. Isn't that an amazing thing? That's the Lord. He's, he's the, look, the Lord was there working in your life before anybody knew you were there. Isn't that something? The woman she, she, the, says to her husband, I, I think I'm pregnant. Oh, oh, somebody better tell God. He was the first to know. He was there from the very start. And if you outlive everybody you ever knew, he'll be there at the very end. It's amazing. I, I try. You, you, don't, you wouldn't believe this, but I try to be a good pastor. I mean, think, think what I'd be if I wasn't trying so hard. But... I mean, it's like this with me trying. But I, I try to be a good pastor, but it, it, it's tough because you're supposed to be honest, too. And it's, it's a thrill. It is. It's a thrill to get the first picture of Hector and Raylene's baby and to see the baby for the first time. It's a thrill to see that picture, that little four-pound, seven-ounce baby girl that James and, and Danielle had. It's a thrill. But all y'all line up and say, oh, it's so beautiful. It's not. It's marvelous. It's amazing. But if if that boy looks like that at 17, he ain't getting a date. You imagine that girl, here she comes in here, 16 years old, no hair, no teeth. Oh, she's beautiful. Really? You say, well, that's just you. You're just, well, that's just me. Some of you, you think it is beautiful. That's great. Because I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. When I'm all shriveled up and wrinkled and got no teeth and can't feed myself, you'll come and say, Brother James, he's looking good, man. He, he's, he hadn't looked that good since he was a baby. So just hang on to that thought. But you know what? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is a thing of wonder that God can form fingers and toes and hands and feet and legs and lungs and bones and sinews and, and flesh and, and that God can make a life a human being. And that God can breathe into that life, everlasting life, and sustain it forever and forever and forever to enjoy the glorious presence of God. That He would do that. That He would want to do that. is an amazing thing. Just an incredible, amazing thing. And the psalmist says, it's wonderful. The knowledge that God has cared for me from my conception and will care for me through all eternity, that is a wonderful thing to know. I'm telling you, life is full of disappointments and people disappoint. But God, never, never, not one time, not one time, He's proven that. Look at first uh, no, no, Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. One more stop here. Isaiah chapter 28. Now, I wouldn't say anything bad about little Uriah back there. He's wonderful. Not handsome, but he's wonderful. He will be handsome. I'm sure of that. As soon as his beard kicks in, he'll be... I had a sister... When she was born, my mother tell you, she was born, she had long, straight, black hair everywhere. <laughs> All over her body. And I'm sure my mother 
loved her and thought she was wonderful. And I'm also sure she was hoping that she wasn't going to have to sell her to the circus. <laughs> she, she, she didn't. My, my sister, she, now she just, hair on the top of her head right there, just none on the face. And the, now, you say, why did the Lord do that? I don't know, he made me, why did he do that? So you want to, we better get off this baby thing real quick. It's just, it's funny. A lady, she walk into church with a brand new baby. There's everybody all over. Isn't that something? She walks into church with a brand new husband, and all they want to see is what's on her hand. Get out of the way. I want to see what you bought her. Be that way from now on. Get out of the way. What'd you buy her? Here's my new husband. Never mind that. Look at this. I'm trying to be a good pastor. Love everybody. Be kind to everybody. My son, he got it for me. He's little. He'd torment his sister. She's two years younger than him. He'd torment her. And so we'd take him to a little side room and teach him some Bible principles. And when we get finished, I can't tell you what it is because it's modern times, you know, but we'd have a biblical timeout. And after that biblical timeout was over, I'd say, now you go tell your sister you're sorry. And he'd say, it's not right to lie. <laughs> now what do you do? <laughs> Isaiah 28, none of you kids need to go home and apply that. Isaiah 28, the Bible says in verse number 29, This also cometh forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. May I say to you that I have in my day received some bad advice. Anybody here have received some bad advice? Anybody ever tell you this would be a great investment? Or this would be a great way to go? Or I got somebody you need to meet that can... I mean, we've all gotten some bad advice one time or another. When, I, when, I, when my father found out I was going into ministry instead of uh, doing something else, uh, he, was, he was less than thrilled about it. And we had a couple of conversations. And he, here's what he told me. He said, son, I want you to promise me one thing. Promise me you will tell people what the Bible says, but you will never tell them what to do. He said, make sure they have to go back to the Bible and say the Bible was wrong. Don't put them in a spot where they come back and say to you, you were wrong. That's the best advice any man could ever give his son. You know what? I've had wrong ideas. You've had wrong ideas. I've given wrong advice. You've given wrong advice. I've taken wrong advice. You've taken wrong advice. There is a wonderful counselor. Not one time will he ever give you misinformation. Not one time will he ever advise you incorrectly. Not one time will he ever guide and direct you into a path that will be to your hurt. His ways are right. All of his ways are right. He sees the end from the beginning. He has your best interest at heart. If you follow his counsel and his advice, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Now, now it's, it's very popular in our day. To go see a, a, a shrink instead of a preacher. And the reason people would rather pay a, a psychiatrist than go visit a pastor is because the psychiatrist lets you talk. And the pastor is going to have you listen while he talks. And people come in, they say, well, so we got these problems we want to talk to you about. And I say, well, what good is it going to do to talk about your problems? Let's talk about the solutions. Let's open up the Bible and see what the Bible says. And that makes people real nervous. But, I mean, hey, for $100 a half hour, I guess you're entitled to say something. But anyway, you walk in in an office, and here on the wall, here's this plaque. And it says, Dr. So-and-so went to school for three years to learn how to tell you politely without offending you. How whacked out you are. 
And when you go in there and see that, see that plaque on the wall, you say, oh, wow. She studied, he studied psychoanalysis for three years. I can trust him. I can trust her. How long do you think God's been studying it? How long do you think God has been looking at emotional difficulties? How long do you think God's been looking at personality quirks? How long do you think God's been, been dealing with people who, who have some hang-ups because of their upbringing or, or the past? Don't, don't you think God be a real, real good counselor? Don't you think God has a little bit better knowledge and understanding of the human condition than somebody who's fraught with the frailties of the human condition? See, you say that. There's somebody here sure as what. somebody here is he telling me? No, I didn't say you were cuckoo. I didn't say you shouldn't go. Here's what I said. Why is, why is God the last resort? Why do we go to God when everybody else has failed us, when we could bypass all that failure and go right to God? He's a mighty counselor. I'm going to tell you something. Anything, any marriage counselor tells you that is right, they got it out of the Bible. Anything any, any uh, psycho counselor tells you that is right, they got it out of the Bible. Anything any financial counselor tells you that is right, they got it out of the Bible. His counsel is wonderful. He wrote the book on how to be a good husband. He wrote the book on how to be a good wife. He wrote the book on how to raise children. He wrote the book on how to raise parents. He wrote the book on how to manage money. He wrote the book on how to be have friends. God wrote it. All the other books, they got some error in them that men made up, and they got some truth in them that's taken from the Bible. He's a wonderful counselor. You having trouble with life? Why don't you go to the one who is the life? You having trouble with your marriage? Why don't you go to the bridegroom? He's it. A little difficulty with, you know, the old age creeping on? He's the ancient of days. In trouble with, with you know, newborns and toddlers and all? He, he's the alpha. He's the beginning. Come on, he's the, here it is right here. It's wonderful counsel. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Since I began to read this Bible 40-some years ago, I have many times thought to myself, I don't know what that means. I have many times said, that's a strange saying. I have many times wondered, why is that in there? Not one time have I ever read a single thing in this Bible and thought, well, that can't be right. Now, what else are you going to look at? That you can trust every word. You may not comprehend every word. You can trust every word. You may not know all the intricate meanings of every word. You can trust every word. You can believe every word of this book. You talk about counsel. You sit down with somebody, and whatever it might be. Now, whoever it is. You, you sit across that desk, or you, you sit at that table, or you, you sit on that sofa, and, and there's part of you that's always thinking, well, I don't know, what's their angle? Well, I don't know, what are they trying to get out of me? Well, I don't know if he knows what he's talking about or not. Come on now. You never, you never sit down with God and have to say, I wonder what he's trying to do to me. Bless you. Help you, save you, comfort you, keep you, protect you, preserve you. That's what he's up to. You never say, I don't know if that's right. Really? It's all right. It's all right every time. He's a wonderful counselor. So I've I've got one who's wonderful in his works and wonderful in his testimonies and wonderful in his knowledge and wonderful in his counsel. In fact, his name... Should be called wonderful. Names should be called wonderful. Now, just just think. We, we've got we got all ends of the spectrum here uh, of situations and circumstances. Do you know if you were a heathen or an infidel, and you lost a child or a spouse or a parent? Do you know there wouldn't be one person in this world? 
that could give you authoritatively any hope. And yet here's a counselor tells you exactly where that daughter is, exactly where that husband is, exactly where mom and dad are. Fill your heart with hope and confidence and joy. What a wonderful counselor. Oh, they sit in these conference rooms and these, these meeting rooms. What's going to happen with Russia? What's going to happen with Ukraine? What's going to happen with the Middle East? What's going to happen with... And it's all right here. We don't have to wait five, waste five minutes with any of that stuff. We, we know the head of the new world order. Jesus Christ. Thank you. Two of you. Everybody else worried about who it's going to be. He's coming. He's taking over. He's ruling. He's reigning. Putting all things under his feet. There it is. That's where it's going. Wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. You troubled? You afraid? Why don't you find out what he's got for you? You uncertain about the future? Why don't you find out what he's got for you? He's a wonderful, wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful, wonderful friend. He's a wonderful guide through life. He's a wonderful Savior. He's the only one whose mercies are new every morning. My wife, I've got a good wife. We've been been married now for, I don't know, 81, 82 years, something like that. I'll do something funny and she'll say, "That, that hadn't been funny in so long. I'll do something new and exciting, and she'll say, "Uh, I'm all out of tricks. I'm all out of wows. I'm all out of look what he can do. After a while, you just just love each other, and you live together, and you... I can't can't do anything I haven't done. You're not impressed by now? (laughs) I'm out of luck. But the Lord, yes. haven't you, come on, haven't you ever said, look at that, I never, I never saw that before. Right. What do you mean never saw it before? You read that chapter 40 times, I never saw that before. You hear a preacher preach something, I never heard that before. He can't be right because I never heard that. And then you find out it is right. Then God will do something for somebody or God will bless in a certain way or something will happen in your heart in a church service and you'll find out he never runs out of tricks. He never runs out of something new to show you. He never runs out of something new to tell you. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. I'm telling you, listen. The best husband, the best wife, the best family, the best job, the best home in the world. If you leave Jesus out of it, you're going to get bored. Why, some of you are bored this morning in the best church in the history of the world. You leave the Lord out of it. It's just life. You put, you put the Lord in it, it's life and that more abundant. Because He's wonderful. He's just wonderful. Praise His holy name. Father.